Zemo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Whoever gets over the line, try from Monster. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 73 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is Neve Briggs. Uh, a very, very happy podcast this week, Neve. We've had a few ups and downs during the season. A lovely, consistent run in the middle, but the start was tough. But the end is sweet, isn't it? 100%. I like the fact that unknown to ourselves, we both were... Uh, different shades of kind of red. Um, but uh, look, it was an incredible ending to, like, realistically, an unbelievable season, really, on paper. When you look at a new coaching ticket coming in, they didn't have any say over how preseason was, was structured. Getting up to speed, the first five games. Um, and and to, to, as you say, have those little peaks and troughs, which is brilliant because when you get into those little those little moments of of doubt or struggle and to be able to get back out of it creates a huge amount of resilience. And I think it's because of those little peaks and drops over the season we've so shown a huge amount of resilience over the last five or six weeks. <laughs> um, so, brilliant. What a win. Oh, my God, it was incredible. Uh, I was buzzing uh, on Saturday evening watching it. I'd have given anything to be over in South Africa. Um, I know you were there with your mother, of course. I uh, hope you found her. Um, and uh, yeah, look, unbelievable. So, so happy for everybody involved. So, so happy. Where, where did you watch the match? Uh, we watched at home. We had the UL Bowes Centenary Ball on Saturday evening in past Troy Park. So they had big screens on there for everybody that was watching it. But um, in true fashion, I couldn't watch that in public because I'd been... Um, I'd have been uh, roaring and shouting at television. So, uh, yeah, I watched it at home and then we hightailed it up to the ball. So um, it was hilarious. And my sitting room was full of people in tuxes and dresses uh, watching a, a rugby match. It was just the funniest thing ever. But um, no, and then the night was buzzing after, you know, Paul, he spoke, Barry Murphy was emceeing for a part of it. It was just like, Dave Coins dad was there and everybody was just really buzzing. Um, so it was brilliant. It was brilliant. So, so good. It feels a bit surreal, doesn't it, given um, the start of the season and all that and, and just the way the team have grown and and the way they've progressed and kind of had to do it the hard way at the end of the season. I think, obviously, Leinster opened the door with their selection. Um, I'm not taking anything away from Munster, but the door was open and Munster went through it. And um, obviously they had to perform in the final then to, to win the trophy but it's it's really unbelievable it wasn't long ago we were analysing the Glasgow game back at the end of March thinking are they going to make the knockout stages are they going to make Europe next year and then obviously they went to South Africa and they got two brilliant results there <clears throat> they, they really gelled as a group I think they fixed the issues and the problems they would have had around Around that period, it wasn't just the Glasgow game. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, um, you know, probably the concession okay. of forty-two points against Scarlets and Cork, then the Champions Cup in 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 Durban in that heat, and um, you know, there was issues around breakdown, physicality, mall defence, all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't looking good, and I, and that's the reality. So it even makes it more. You've got to tip the hat, your hat to to this squad and the coaches, the way they've. They've kind of fixed things on the run, done it the hard way, and and obviously, 
you know, to win it in the end, uh, the scenes that I wasn't caped on, it was just really special. We talked about the fan involved. I was just going to ask you, sorry, I was just going to ask you, you were there. Like, obviously this big, huge stadium sold out, loads of Stormers fans, and you could hear the constant, I don't know if you could hear it because you were doing commentary, but on the TV, you could just hear the constant monster. You could hear the constant, like, what an incredible thing. When they beat Leinster before, a couple of weeks beforehand, my dad texted me, he was definitely after having a few beers in the local, he was like, can we go, to, will we go to South Africa? I like just couldn't work at work this week, but I just think the amount of people on two weeks' notice to be able to get over there for that kind of trip is just, it speaks about what's special about this club, you know. We speak often I, to the players that I'm coaching at the moment about what makes Munster so special. Why do you love playing for them? Why do you love playing for them? You know, come home from Ireland, why do you eat camps and you're mad to get back into Munster? Like, what is it? And I know it's different for everybody, but there's just something very special, isn't there? Yeah, there's obviously um, <clears throat> something very special about it. It was just incredible to be there, Neve, and to see... Um, on the journey out, all the Munster fans traveling different ways. People, when you get there, you meet people from America, Australia, uh, the Middle East, the UK, uh, Canada. Unbelievable. You know, I met two guys from um, from America who had kind of got an internal flight um, from Nashville to New York and then New York to Cape Town. And just the excitement to be there and the the, the the lens, obviously the financial hit here for people. You say it's two weeks, but really a lot of these people had probably two days to make up their mind after the Leinster game on the Saturday night. So yeah. I think there was 50,000 going on Saturday night after a few drinks. And then uh, that obviously <laughs> when people go home and they look at the, the bank balance and the cost and start searching flights and flights went up. Um, but, the crowd that was there, you know, I don't know the exact numbers. They, they said it was during the week it could have been five thousand, but it probably wasn't that. It was probably two to three thousand. But the noise they made, um, and the efforts they made to go there, and and look, it reminded me genuinely of, of the you know monster of old. You know what I mean? Well, I was very lucky to be going around Europe with monster and and the way the fans travel, and it was it seems like a bit of a reconnection. I think we mentioned it last year on the pod, um, Toulouse, uh, Munster in Dublin, in the Aviva, that 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 game in the quarterfinal, you know, the singing, the crowds, the atmosphere. It was, it was, it kind of gave us hope that that kind of connection is back. But I think Graham Rowntree has done a magnificent job in, in acknowledging the fans and kind of connecting with the fans. And like people might say, well, that's, how, how did he do that? I think he just acknowledged them every time he spoke and the supporters and they felt that. They felt the connection with the team. He was very open and honest in all his media briefings, um, did loads of uh, events. Again, with Rugby Travel Ireland, he came into the hotel on Friday night and he did sit down Q&A um, himself and Andy Kiriakou. Did for he? Yeah, for 130 Munster fans who were there with, with us with Rugby Travel Ireland. Amazing. Um, the night before the game. Yeah, and he did it the oh, last class. time as well. So we had the last yes. time we were in South Africa, we had Graham and, and Dave Kilcoyne on the Friday night before this last Stormers game. And in Durban, we had Mike Prendergast and RG Snyman. So, and then all the coaches turned up in Durban. So they're not afraid and not uh, kind of hiding themselves away. The players obviously acknowledging that in that, that 
those first two games um, was really special. It just it just made it really special. So I met loads of people who travelled from all over the world. And of course, people from Limerick, Cork, Tipperary, Waterford, uh, people outside the province. I don't want to leave anyone out. And um, the passion, the singing was just amazing. Um, to see the bus pulling into the stadium and the both sides of the street lined with monster flags that was that was special and when you're sitting on a bus as a player and you you look out and you go we're a long way from home here and look look at look what this means to people so um really really special in a sense that i met so many people who would have been at my games back in 97 98 99 2000 when the whole kind of momentum and journey around traveling around european cups all that stuff started i met them we've all got a bit older but to see the emotion and the excitement and the joy at the end of the match for those people was really special because it means a lot, you know, they're, they're a monster through and through. So the fans played a huge part in sticking with the team. And all season they've done that, you know. There's, it has been a bit of a topsy-turvy season, particularly the starting point. Um, but it's really special. We've always tried to promote the fan engagement on the podcast, which is really important because we want to give them a voice. We've had a lot of regular contributors, which is wonderful. We've had people from America, from the UK, from Australia. Um, so it's been brilliant to have everybody listening and so many people talking to me when I was over there looking forward to the podcast as well. Um, not just at the weekend, but throughout the season. So it's been really special to kind of uh, be part of that. And um, look, I don't think anyone will get carried away. Um, we're not the done deal. Um but there's an optimism and excitement there. And look, we probably, not just you and me, Neil, but lots of people have to hold their hands up here and see. Being realistic, none of us saw this coming. None of us saw Munster winning a trophy this early in the new coaching regime. Uh, but we saw progress. We, there was optimism there throughout the season. So it has been really special. Just speaking on the fan engagement, obviously, um, I put out a tweet um, to try and see what people's highlights were, um, pivotal moments throughout the season, star of the season, all that kind of stuff. So you can read out the reaction there. We've had a got a, got a great reaction. Yeah. Again. So just just before Hans, um, a couple of people are tweeting about your mom. So if anyone doesn't know, you put out a brilliant tweet about your mom on the. Uh, homecoming night, wanting her to go home um, because she had been in Cape Town with you, and then uh, the fact that no uh, no eggs had been caught uh, yesterday morning because uh, I thought, do you know what? For someone now who doesn't often come across very funny, Queenie, I thought that was very, very witty, very, very good. Um, but loads of them were asking about where your mum is uh, and well, did she get home okay? I thought that was. Hilarious. I also saw um, something on Twitter the other day of uh, Fiona Murphy. And he doesn't know she's the head of communications for Munster. And she's inside and she is in the dressing room and she's sprinkling your mother's holy water and all the jerseys before the players get in. Well, I, de- uh, I, de- I, delivered, the ho- I delivered the holy water to Fiona before the game because my mum and the Munster fans in particular were on the second level and that was all that was concerning her Saturday morning. How am I going to get the water to uh, the holy water to Fiona or to one of the monster kind of coaches or something? In the Leinster match two weeks ago, she gave it to Stephen Ferris and he delivered it to, to someone called <laughs> uh, the monster. What and, a legend. And, I'll, I'll, and, that's such so cool. 
Fez, Fez lo- uh, thought it was brilliant and he kept a little bit and put a sprinkle on his own back because his back has been giving him trouble. So, But Fez thought it was brilliant. You heard Bernard Jackman for the Glasgow match talking about... Yeah. Um, she gave it to Mike Prendergast for that match. But look, Fiona, this is going on for, 20, as I said, probably 25 years now where my mother always brings the holy water and, you know, Lord to mercy on Pat Garrity, who was our media manager... It probably started with Pat back in the very early days where my mum would give Pat the holy water and Pat would go into the dressing room, sprinkle around the dressing room, sprinkling a few players going out. A lot of the players at the time didn't know what it was. They were getting a splash of water going out the door, but Pat did it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that uh, was spoken about too much, but she always brought the holy water. And, and you know, Pat, you said her then. Pat, you said her then, if we lost the match... That, that was only tap water this week. She didn't have the proper holy water. But she um, she obviously gets the holy water. She goes on loads of trips to Fatima, San Giovanni, Rome, you name it. And she always brings home holy water. She she has loads of it. So it was brilliant. brilliant. And it was really special. And I think it was great to have her there because, um, you know, she's been there from, from the very start as well, supporting Munster, particularly when, me, when I was playing. And that's how it all started. And... Um, but lots of other people who were there from the start, as I said as well. But Fiona got the holy water. The video went up afterwards. Then, and um, regarding my tweet, um, we got home on Monday morning. I, AJ, my son was with me as well. We got back into Dublin. Uh, my mom and her crew were going back to Shannon from from Heathrow. So we kind of split up in in London. And um, she told me she was wrecked, and there was small mention of the the the, the homecoming and. She did say that I'm wrecked. I'm going home to bed, and uh, I'll have an early night. And then I got a uh, some picture sent to me of her in stuck in the middle of it again. You know, which was was brilliant. Um, and, oh, uh, it, that's class. So anyway, the it was a little yeah. bit of a fib about a little bit of a fib about the hens on um, on Tuesday morning because she was up at about eight o'clock and the hens were all. That was brilliant, though, Quinny. I was actually feeling like proper skating away. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, look, she loves it, uh, and uh, she 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 enjoyed the trip, as did all the other monster fans. Just yes. before I finish on the fans, the the sing song in the hotel we were in, we were in the Cullen in, in um, Cape Town, and the sing song there every night was 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 just unbelievable. But it was amazing. You come back Saturday night after the game, and people were having drinks in the bar, and it was full. But it was it was like an exhaustion. There amongst people, they were just overwhelmed. It was amazing. So emotionally drained. Wednesday night, massive sing song. Thursday night, massive sing song. Friday night, massive sing song. And all the staff from the hotel were singing as well, and they were amazing. Like South Africa is just the most wonderful place, and it's wonderful people. And um, I've always loved it there. It has its challenges, but the staff and the people in the hotel, they all joined in, and they were singing the South African national anthem. They were singing. And dancing, it was amazing. Saturday night, it was like people were just exhausted. So it was, it was unbelievable, unbelievable trip. Brilliant. Um, so along with lots of fans asking after your mom, so please give her our best wishes. Uh, Sean McCullough said, uh, "Hi, Quinny, had the privilege to be there, and what an occasion it was. Delighted for all involved. Had a bad start to the campaign. Yes, we did. Did Graham, the coaching team players, believe it would change? Yeah, hell yes." Well done. It was a hard way on the road for five games in a row. Sean's an absolute gen from Nina. 
Uh, Liam Sheehan, impossible to pick a star of the season. So many huge performances, a number of positive indicators. Crowley got better and better. On Saturday, it looked as though we had two competitive front rows. Munster will be feared next season. Uh, JC, delighted for the older crew who's given given blood, sweat and tears to the jersey for so many years for such little rewards. Hopefully winning becomes a habit now, but either way, the Munster fans will always be behind this team. Gail says, the squad depth is superb. Coaches rewarded for him to create great competition for places. Team selection must have been challenging. Le Drop and Le Block were highlights. Turning point was the South African game. Thrilled with silverware and title and more to come from this talented team. Dave Parks. Hard grit and determination to see this away run uh, and to see this away run out has been unreal. Munster attacked the Stormers every chance they got in the final and were amazing in defence. A huge thank you to the coaching staff and the team for what they have done this season. Munster are back. Uh, Richard Daly, John Klein um, and think he should have gotten a call into the Irish camp. Winning the RSC in year one is incredible. Here's hoping we drive on. Anyone got thoughts on whether we need to buy one or two for the front row with Heineken Cup in mind? Can this team win um, without a bigger pack for the Heineken Cup? John Tuig, star, star player Klein for improvement and durability, or Pete for warrior spirit and leadership. Coaching staff are trusting the players to embrace new skills and framework. Away wins over the last six weeks, culminating in silverware, the obvious highlight of the season. Incredible. Um, Joe, delighted for those players approaching the latter part of their careers, but so too for the younger players. Self-belief is so important in sport. And if they push on now and keep improving, who knows what the future holds. Respect to the former Stormer fans too. A warm welcome in Cape Town. Uh, Tom Lundergan, well, we only went there and won. Massive congrats to everyone involved with Munster Rugby. Graham Rountree and the coaching ticket have shown their top coaching pedigree and the players have bought into it. Here's to many more successful seasons of hard work, more silver. Look, we could go on and on. There's loads, to be fair, Quinny, but we just got to keep moving on. But like everybody, it's the same thing. So we talk about stars of the tournament and stars of the, or stars of the game and stars of the season in a bit, but John Klein's coming up there quite a lot. Jack Crowley, um, Calvin Nash. So, it's been a really, really brilliant end to probably the most surreal season. It's just a surreal season for this this coaching group, this playing group, hasn't it? Amazing! It's been amazing. And look, thanks to all the fans who got involved and and got in, um, you know, all season have been regular contributors because we want them to have a voice. We always have done. Um, let's get on to the performance. So, um, we were optimistic last week, both of us. Um, I really felt they had a chance, but obviously for it to actually happen, you kind of go, wow, um, it's going to take a mammoth task and a mammoth effort to to win this game, given the quality of the players and, you know, the current internationals that they possess and that physicality. Um, I, I just think, wow, it's uh, to get the job done and to to win the game and to play the way they did. So if we talk about the performance, there's no negatives anywhere this week because uh, in analysing this, there's, there is no negatives. Um, obviously, if they look at the game and, you know, they, they will do, there's certain things that they could have been better with. Probably the only thing you would look at is the pressure and the scoreboard. So you think opportunities and all the possession that they had in the first half, they were just amazing. 
but they never ever let Damien Willems, uh, Angelo Davids, um, Leland Zass, their back three hurt them in a way that they probably hurt other teams throughout the season. I, if you kick loosely to the Stormers, they're incredibly dangerous in uh, um, in counter attack. Both their centres, Ruinel and Dan Duplessis, we didn't see them. We actually didn't see them throughout the game. They've been brilliant for their, the Stormers, so consistent. Um, I was chatting to John De Villiers before the game, and he was very impressed with Duplessis and Ruinel and thought they could be causing Munster a lot of problems. But they never gave them opportunities. Fekitoa and Anton Frisch in the centres were amazing defensively. A massive difference in defence in the last couple of weeks, really locking into tackles, harassing people, getting their numbers right. That difficult period of um, the Scarlet's game, the Glasgow game, the Sharks game away in Europe. Fellas shooting out of the line, no connection in defence at times, teams getting offloads, getting in behind them. Um, all that stuff was was addressed. And that's what wins you wins you trophies, you know, that defence and that kind of attitude. And it was amazing. So um, how impressed were you with that performance in the first half? Okay, we should have scored more. But the way they kept the ball and kept the continuity, and particularly for me, the breakdown was just unbelievable, the way they, they cleared players out of the ball and protected their possession. Yeah, I thought it was incredible. The big thing for me was how calm in their aggression they were. So they were really clinical in terms of that breakdown, but they were also really calm on the ball. I think it comes down to Jack Crowley. I think his ability, his temperament, it just puts everybody around him at ease. He's constantly moving. He's constantly moving on to the ball. So he brings players with him. And so often, you know, they started the game by going out the back door and out the back door and out the back door to get the edges. And I thought, Jesus, like, this is going to be brilliant. But as the game went on, they completely changed pictures as the half went on to go into those front doors for those hard lines to get over these soft shoulders. And then they're able to go again straight away. And you're dead right. It comes all down to that breakdown. There's been a huge shift in that mentality, I thought, over the last number of weeks in terms of the aggression and the ability, number one, in the ball carry. So their ability to to fight really hard on the ground to be able to get the ball back, to be able to get quick. But also those barrels or those cleaners out. Everything now is happening at a pace. And so often than not, if they hit a tip on before, the tip on would get isolated because the person that tips on, the two the, the two kind of cleaners are coming from the inside. Now they're working really hard once you tip the ball on to get on the outside to be able to clear that thread outside it. So, um, so it was the control that I loved. Yeah, you're 100% right. There was definitely moments in that half-time period where I was thinking, Jesus, have have we done enough because we've left opportunities behind? I still think that Gavin Coombs try should have been a try, but, you know, have we, have we are we in danger of of not taking our chances? But then I never felt, even in that period of the second half when the Stormers went up, I always felt Munster had another score or two in them. And I also felt that we were, unless another drastic kind of mistake, like the intercept from Frisch at the start that I was like I don't see Sormans winning this I didn't think they had enough cutting edge I thought the pitch didn't suit them as much as it didn't suit Munster and I just felt that Munster had more aggression more line speed more intensity Okay yeah absolutely it's it's. Um, I was just incredibly impressed with the way they held on to the ball and their body language and their shape 
And it just didn't seem like um, even when the mistakes happened or the tries were disallowed, they, they just you just felt they were going to go again and again. Um, you know, obviously they should have scored more and they should have been further ahead. The three tries disallowed, people want us probably just to get our opinion on that. Um, I think the Gavin Coombs one is a is a difficult one to call. He does put his hand on the ground and there's an, an initial stop from Marvin Ori. Some referees will give that as a try. I think if you play it in real time, it's it looks a little bit different. Initially, he's been stopped and because he's hand on the ground, I'm tending to look back and not go, oh, this is a definite try and once we're done out of a score there, it's a tricky one. Some referees may have given it and others not. I think the referee had a really good game, uh, Andrea Piardi. Um, but that one for me, probably correct decision. I think the um, the Anton Frisch one, where he kind of, it looked like he knocked it on. Some people think it's his chest. I would certainly have loved if they went to look at that. The referee blew the whistle literally straight away before as Shane Daly picked the ball up and scored. Um, so I don't know. We didn't get enough of camera angles on that. But yeah. I thought Anton Frisch did, didn't um, He didn't appeal, which would maybe indicate that he might have knocked it on. So um, again, opportunity lost. And then obviously Pete, Peter's pass to Mike Haley, probably forward, uh, really. So I think we, we don't, if we lost the game, we might have you know, there might be more said about them, but I think he got those decisions right. For me, the Peter one did look like it was forward. So, but it was amazing you scored three tries. Three tries were disallowed and you're, you end up in the second is, half and you end up two points behind and you're going, wow. I know. And it takes till the 73rd minute to get the lead again. So, it was difficult. They had a penalty before the try a few minutes and they didn't kick it, which I thought, I know. God, this is the one it's going to come back to bite them. But they went to the but corner. I then... love the fact, I love the fact that they had that ambition to go to the corner though. I think you've got to go and be brave. I think for that Peter O'Malley try, I actually don't think, um, I, I, I think they never looked at the high shot on Peter O'Malley's face. And for me, that's, that's almost a, uh, that's a card and it's a penalty try nearly because Mike Haley's running in. And um, I, I would have a grievance as to that. Um, I, I did think that he missed a bit. We what do you mean? The, ta- the, ta- the tackle on Peter O'Mahony, yeah. So Willemsa comes straight in. I don't know yeah, if you've seen did, it, yeah. but he's no rat. I did see it, I know yeah. Mahoney's, no, I know Mahoney's fallen, but straight away I was roaring. Before, the, before Haley had even scored, I was like, that's a high shot. Not to even go back and look at that, I thought that was very strange, especially when we're on this... You know, that's a really big hot point for the refs at the moment. The fact that there's no rap. I know yeah. yeah, it should have been looked at. And I do think there'd be an grievance to that after that. But you're dead right, like to be able to to be brave enough in the final. And it was funny, I had this com- t- thought after the Leinster La Rochelle game as well, that Leinster would have always went to the to the to the corner, like Munster have all season. And then for that final day, and I understand it's cup rugby and it's final rugby. But sometimes you just can't really change what you're doing that much. And like, like their mall was brilliant and um, they backed it. I just thought it was really, really yeah. controlled. Very good game. Particularly after the start when um, Anton Frisch gives the pass to Manny Libok and he scores. And I didn't like the fact that he's gone under the post and he's pointing back at monster players. I also didn't like the fact that Herschel Yankees is screaming and shouting at Peter O'Mahony. I think uh, people can see that online. 
Um, he's screaming and shouting at her, and into Peter Romani's face. It's pathetic, like. Do you know what I mean? Like what? 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 Um, Ruse said it. Evan Ruse said it as well at one stage when um, they got their next score. I think. And and here's the thing: there was loads of niggle off the ball that wasn't stamped out from from a Stormers' point of view. I thought, um, and I do think that, you know, we've spoken about it before. We spoke about it last week and before about the Joseph Dweeba um, comment in the video and stuff like that. Like he was non-existent and. It's all well and good if you're going to be mouthy and as long as you can back it up. And to be fair, I just think whether they use it or not, they talk, they, they said they didn't in terms of that video and stuff. But internally, that just gives you a little chip on your shoulder and I felt like that monster went after the storms. So Sometimes it can make a difference. I, I like John Dobson, their coach. He's a very nice guy. Um, I think he was frustrated and probably disappointed that the video got out. I think we all would have reacted the same if you get a home spine like they would have. Um, really that they didn't have to travel again. I understood that and I understood the emotion that you're at home and you would show that. Obviously, Joe, Joseph Dweber's comments, um, again, it's kind of, it's one of those comments you make and I, I didn't read a huge amount into it, but I, what it does do, Neve, and I've always felt this as a player, if you say something, I, I, I'm always nervous about karma, that it can come back to bite you a little bit. And it does. It has a funny way of doing that. You know, if you, like Rog did it years ago over in Leicester, he spoke about the Premiership. And I always reference this one about it not being as strong as they're making it out to be. And we were going to play Leicester and we were all, God, why did you do that, Rog? That's given them motivation. But he's kicking a penalty from the halfway line to win the game for us. And he's player of the match afterwards and he's inside and with the journalists basically saying, yeah, well, sure, I told you so. Um, so sometimes it can work in your favour. That was an incredibly strong Stormer side, and I, and you know, very athletic, very powerful, score a lot of tries. So and I, I, I just thought that it was probably something they didn't need from a coaching point of view that they didn't have to need to address that. But look, I think the sportsmanship, like as nas- as 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 annoying I, as I probably was as a player in the field. I never grieved anyone after we scored a try because I immediately always thought if I start running and do that and it wasn't in me anywhere to do that, you could be the one with egg in your face at the end of that game. You know what I mean? You're just opening the door for somebody to come back at you. Now, I thought Peter didn't react, which was surprising because Peter is fiery um, and he I didn't see him, you know, obviously he went off, but he. I just thought it was a little bit immature from Yankees and a bit silly because that can come back to bite you. And it was just a case the Munster were steely. And I think you said it at the start of this. They had a composure and a control fury about them. They were incredibly aggressive at the breakdown and physically making their tackles, but they didn't really react to stuff. And they did, there was no real... I didn't think there was any real nagel there. I just thought there was a few silly things that could have been picked up. Um, just on the stats, incredibly, you know, Munster go away from home, 60% possession. Scored three tries, seventeen breaks as as the five for the Stormers. This is the one I highlighted a couple of them. Defenders beat, which really adds to what we're trying to say all year about the attack, the expansion, the confidence to take on people and run out of opposition. Which, let's be honest, the previous regime really we didn't see it. We didn't see it, and and the reality of what this team has done is down to good coaching as well. Obviously, the players have stepped up, but the coaching has made a massive difference. And we hear that continuously coming out. It's a happy camp. 
Um, so it begs the question what was going on the last few years. Defenders beaten, 34 defenders beaten as, as opposed to nine for the Stormers. So that's one that indicates that. 12 offloads, um, that's relatively low for Monster given you know they've been a lot higher this year. So 12 offloads, not, or Stormers had 19. 57% territory, which is really important. Um, Monster had to only make 89 tackles in the game as opposed to the Stormers, 191. They missed nine tackles. Stormers missed 34. Um, Monster won seven turnovers in the game. And I think this is a really brilliant one as well from the first half. Conor Murray's kicking. His box kicking Outrageous. was super. I'm so glad you said it. And the two wingers chasing Calvin Nash in particular on his side. Phenomenal pressure. I thought he was amazing, Calvin Nash. Shane Daly as well. So six kicks retained. That's a big number. Yeah. Um, now, Munster gave away 13 penalties as opposed to five. Um, so that was probably a bit higher than what they would have wanted. There was a couple of them. Two of them were blocks and line out. Ty Murray, uh, Ty Byrne going in behind the lift and Jeremy Lockman. The other Lockman. one, then the, the, the Jack Crowley one. So there was a couple there that were avoidable probably. But this, those stats are unbelievable. So just a quick word on Conor Murray because we've got to move on to the start of the week. Phenomenal performance and kicking from him. Um, I just thought it was really important that Munster, they were, they got the ball back off the Stormers and that kick chase, yeah. there was a hunger and a desire there um, around that. So really important for him. And obviously Craig Casey comes on and he adds that zip and pace, which led to that try, which, which was phenomenal. Just on the try at the end, we can't go through every piece of the game in detail. So Dermot Barnes scores uh, with the mall, brilliant. Calvin uh, Nash, the crossfield kick, superb execution. Um, again, Willems are lucky there that they didn't show that again yeah. and they didn't go back for a penalty. He slid in with the knees. Slid in, yeah. The winning try came from work rate, desire, honesty, uh, never giving up. And that was epitomized by Gavin Coombs blocking down Manny Libok. So I think Gavin Coombs has been phenomenal this year as well. And I think parts of his game that have improved massively are his off-the-ball stuff. He's tackling, he's yeah. cleaning out of breakdowns, he's pressuring the opposition. So he, on another day, he can give up there. Manny Libok steps, steps the first monster player putting pressure. And then Coombs gets a block on that ball it lands straight into Craig Casey's hands and Munster go on the attack and John Hodnett scores. Um, so I want people to go back and look at that and see what Gavin Coombs did there in making so, that block. How important it was. It was amazing and it led yeah, to that and match it's, it's funny. Um, when I watched back on Sunday morning, I, um, so Ben Healy kicks that and Ben Healy chases it. But right as Ben Healy kicks it, Gavin Coombs is actually standing right behind him. And he out-sprints, it's like the 70th odd minute, out-sprints the Stormers um, players to when he, when Libox steps Ben Healy to go back on his on his right foot, um, he's there for the block. And like, if anybody's been uh, following their social media over the last few days, um, he's turning up blocking stuff, blocking bridges in Killaloo and blocking Thoman Park and uh, LeBlanc, they're calling it. And I think it's brilliant and it's great, but you're dead right. It's sheer work rate. And you know what? It's almost night and day in terms of, we talk about John Klein and all, and, and these players that have literally transformed their 
their abilities and you know they've been given the confidence to play. Gavin Coombs playing no- the November Maori game um, with Ireland Day or whenever it was to where Gavin Coombs finished the season is night and day. His ability, we always know he's powerful and he's strong and he's got really good, um, you know, ball carrying skills. But your dead right, it's everything else that's come that they've they've that he's come up in in everything with. It's his work rate, it's his involvement. So before we'd see him carry, we might not see him again for a couple of phases. Now he's carrying. He's now the next clear out. He's the next carrier. He's the next clear out. And we players like that, we we don't like we need him to be involved in everything because he is so strong and he's so good and he's so powerful. So. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. Or, or, or right Some across, tried right, right 13 players right, touched the ball. Right across the board there at the end um, and throughout the whole game to break down the enthusiasm, the energy and the fitness level of the players to to just clean out Stormers, um, potential poachers. Dion Free, who we spoke about last week and, and everyone knows how good he is at the breakdown, never, never, never got near the ball. So the breakdown was amazing. Peter Romani, Conor Murray, Keith Earl, Stephen Archer, they were there the last time Munster won a trophy. So it was unbelievably special to see them. Uh, they've trudged a long road, had many disappointments, and it was brilliant that they've finally been rewarded. Um, okay, we've got to move on quickly. Um, and the fitness thing. Obviously, the fitness at the start of the season is down to new way of playing, shorter pre-season probably, the emerging Ireland tour, injuries, all that stuff didn't help Monster at the start. But look at the fitness level now. It's phenomenal and it's through the roof. And the way they're playing um, personifies that. Star of the week for me, John Hodnett. Obviously, he got man yeah. of the match. Unbelievable. So unlucky, not to be, so unlucky not to be in the Irish squad. I think he put in an amazing performance. People asked me in South Africa, look, why wasn't R.G. Snyman starting? Um and and and, it, and because I think it was maybe down to him not playing a lot in the last few weeks and the two head knocks he got uh, that was the first thing but the second point of that was John Hodnett doesn't play if R G Simon starts and I think Monster recognised that and it was proven right his performance throughout the whole game tackles cleanouts carries phenomenal start the season quickly Neve um there's there's many you spoke about Coombs you spoke about Nash Daly. Um, Stephen Archer, what a what an unbelievable, unbelievable run for him in the last few weeks. Making little pop passes on the inside, making like half line breaks, you know, phenomenal. And obviously, the most important part of that was the scrum. Um, and I thought Salano and Witchley when they came on as well, there was a couple of really vital Agreed. scrums. They got parity, but Stephen Archer is amazing. Conor Murray's yeah. form the second half of the season has been brilliant. Um, Malachi Fekitoa, what a turnaround from what we saw to start. He's been It was almost like the day they announced that he wasn't, you know, he was moving on at the end of the season. It was like a pressure off valve release. I don't know what it was, but he was incredible. He's been incredible over the last few weeks. He was brilliant again on Saturday. And I know, obviously, John Hodna gets a player in a match and what a brilliant interview afterwards. But um, Malachi Mal- Mal- Malefacto is very close for me. His work rate was outstanding. Um, so, yeah, look, Star, you, you know what I mean? You still talk about There's Jack Riley, Crowley as well, but I think you, 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 we spoke about it beforehand. I think you, we can't go with anybody other than who's your favourite player. Well, I didn't name him there, and that's a little, um, uh, those mentions there. Um, but John Klein, 
for me. Um, yeah. He sums up everything that I love in a player is that work rate and honesty, that passion, um, never never giving up. Um, I think he's played 19 or 20 games or started 19 or 20. He's been ever-present. I don't know the exact number, but he's he's been there through tick and thin. Um, been questioned before, or probably about some of his performances, selection in 2019 to the World Cup. Uh, there was a good cohort of people, um, you know, give out about that. Um, his selection over Devin Toner at the time. And he struggled probably a little bit, but his game has grown. And I think you can see the impact that the new way Munster are playing and the coaches have had on him. But I just love his honesty, um, carrying hard yards, all that kind of stuff. So very unlucky not to be in the Irish squad. To be fair, so I'd be 100% Sean Klein's are I'm sorry to see them. But in terms of the Irish context, it's, it's funny. It's... Um, to be fair, Munster haven't had a lot of uh, success over the last few years. So when squads get announced, there's not a huge amount of people clamoring for, like outside of Munster, clamoring for. Sean Klein's name was on everybody's lips yesterday in relation to um, that missing out in that squad. And like, it was all, I think it was always going to be really difficult for Annie Boulder to get in there considering the year that Ireland have had. And yes, Munster have had loads of really good performances over the last few weeks. We're talking about a project since 2019 for Andy Farrell and his coaching ticket and talking about, um, you know, the, the core bulk of that squad will have been together. So it's only layering messages as opposed to starting anew. And I think that that's, people kind of forget about that. And yes, I, I think Sean Klein's been very unlucky, but also, you know, when you're coming in out of the cold like that into a, a squad, it's, very, it's a very difficult thing to do a couple of months before a World Cup. And I think that's the reason he's not there, which is, yeah. I don't know if it's fully justified, but I get it. I understand it. There's a system there. It's a different system. Um, and You know probably, he's eligible to play for South Africa again. You see, it's a short window yeah. between now and September and the training camps to get up to speed. But look, I think he's still be in the, on the fringes, as will John Hadnett, as will Shane Daly. I think it's been an incredible run to, to the end of the season. Mike Haley was brilliant as well. But you know what? To see O'Mahony, Murray, Earls, Archer, these guys, that was really special. Um, I got emotional at the end of it. It was just phenomenal. Um, it was really, really special. And, um, you know, who, we, we never thought this. We never thought this. What did they need to do to build on this? It's probably too early to say that. John Ryan is coming back. Alex Nankerville from the Chiefs. Sean O'Brien. Um I think if we were both to ask who would we like to see progressing, we, you know, you said it's, you, you know, you spoke about a dog ball, um, Thomas Ahern, uh probably young players that are coming through. Alex Kendellan has really matured as well. Um, Dermot Byrne, yeah, unbelievable. So probably a dog ball, Thomas Ahern. They're exciting prospects to come through, and and hopefully we'll see a lot more of them next season. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's lots of young guys coming through, Patrick Campbell as well. But for me, you know, you you see them around training and stuff like that, and they're absolutely mass, massive men. They're, they're, they're RG kind of-esque in terms of their stature. And we don't have a huge amount of players in that profile. So you're kind of hoping for an injury-free season for them and a, a good run, consistent run. And, you know, the way that that coaching ticket work, you know, if you're rocking up training and you're training, you're training well, then you'll play. Um, so 
yeah, look, I think it's all in their hands now over the summer. So it'll be interesting to see how they can layer this game and and what they're trying to do uh, going forward. But um, yeah, there's lots and lots of positives. It's, I keep saying the word unbelievable because that's probably my favourite word to use. Um, but it, it is, it's unbelievable that Monster, the URC champions, I think they were... Um, it just goes to show if you don't give up and you keep sticking at it, they finished fifth in the league. Uh, people didn't see this coming. Uh, final kind of word on on and um, on the coaches, uh, the effect and impact that Graham Rountree has made, Mike Prendergast, um, Andy Kiriakou, Dennis Leamy. And I, I probably haven't mentioned George Murray as well. George is involved in the kicking strategy that they, and as a kicking coach there as well. To see that coach's boss box at the end, and you know from being a coach, that just makes it all worthwhile. All the sacrifice, the the work, the effort that you put in. And Graham Rountree said it, this this was my best moment ever in rugby. Um, they have been absolutely phenomenal, I think. And it's just amazing to see the impact they've had on this group. I kind of keep saying it with a little bit of caution for any... Leinster fans or Ulster Connacht fans who are saying, oh, Munster getting carried away. We're not. We love the fact that we've won a trophy finally. Um, but we do know there's more There's more to come. We need to get better. We want to do it in Europe. Um, we want this team to go and be a contender in Europe. And there's more depth needed. Um, there's probably... But I, I also love the fact, need that there's players here who have gone to a level, a different level. They've shown us something that their potential, that they can compete at this higher level. Um, some of these players have been questioned in the last couple of years. Some of it justified, some of it not. But we're now seeing them flourish and enjoy it and play to their potential. And I think that's down to the coaching. They've done a remarkable job. Yeah, huge. Look, obviously, incredibly astute and, um, you know, very smart in how they went about their business. And, and uh, getting players to buy in when, you know, there were moments of 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 probably doubt um in relation to where they were going, what they were doing over the first five games. And that's probably been the biggest thing. But the culture that they drive, the standards that they expect, um, you know, we see players that, you know, that are superstars in their own making and not make any 23 over the last number of weeks because they're obviously not performing a training or, you know, they don't fit the bill or, you know, it's not the right connection for that that week or whatever it is. And everybody's equal. And I think that when you create an environment like that, um, it makes it all, you know what I mean? It makes, it, it makes players all kind of fill in and, um, and buy into what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, so, so smart. Really, really good. And, and a great group. And I'm just delighted for them. Yeah, really special and they can enjoy it now. Everyone in the organisation can enjoy it. And uh, basking a little bit of glory, we look forward to the World Cup coming up and we'll talk about Ireland a little bit when we get back up and running. Unfortunately, we have a bit of sad news that, and I hate goodbyes, but look, you'll guest, you'll come on as a guest with us a few times next year. But because of your job and your commitments, um, this is your last Red 78. So I want to thank you for... Uh, being part of of uh, this little project and and uh, the podcast, it's been brilliant having you. Your knowledge, your insights, your wit, and and always trying to slag me. Um, but it's been brilliant. So look, thank you so much, Neve. Um, I don't know if you want to say goodbye to the fans, but you're not going away too far, and it's there's no need for any sort of emotion. Don't start crying at me now. 
I'd love to, I want to thank you. Um, and uh, uh, we will get, we'll get you on as a guest. And uh, so don't think you're getting off scot-free and you're going to disappear now and not come on. But uh, we certainly want to know more about what's happening in the women's game going forward. So um, that's going to be really important as well for us. Um, so look, thanks a million for, for everything. Do you want to say a quick goodbye or... No, look, thanks for it. Thanks, thanks to you. We've had a really good ball. Um, we've become right good besties since we started. Um, and yeah, look, uh, the fans have been incredible. The engagement that we've had from this, I didn't really see uh, it working as well as it did. So it's been incredible. So um, yeah, thanks a million. Okay, that's it for F- episode 73 of the Red 78. Thanks again to everyone for listening all season. And um We'll be back at it soon and uh, look for more fan engagements. Have a great summer. The Red 78 with Alan Quillen and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.